Hey friend, I thought it might be helpful to start going through some eczema related and even some non-eczema related health oriented books. Cause there's so many out there. There's so much information out there, but go through it through our eczema kids lens and get the takeaways from each of these resources and put them in perspective so it can align with the program that we're already subscribed to. So today I'm gonna go through The Eczema Diet by Karen Fisher. It's a really good read, a dense read, and I hope you enjoy going through it with me. Let's dig in. Hey mama, if you have kids struggling with eczema and you wanna get them a life without itchy red skin, then this is the show for you, Eczema Kids. Here, we go deep into diet guidelines, doable at-home remedies, and transformative healthy kids tools that will empower you to take your child's health into your own hands and win. If you are ready to say yes to eczema-free kids, sleeping through the night, and drug-free interventions, hi, my name is Andrew McHugh, and I'm the coach and mentor for you. I created this podcast to equip you with the strategies you need to heal your kids' skin condition and soothe their sweet little faces. Let's eliminate eczema and reclaim our lives. Grab your egg-free snack, take a deep breath, and let's dig in to today's episode. We're talking about the eczema diet by Karen Fisher. The subtitle is Discover How to Stop and Prevent the Itch of Eczema Through Diet and Nutrition. And this was one of the first books that I purchased once my kids started showing signs of eczema. I guess when the firestorm of eczema started, because it was just like an overnight thing. And in my panic, I, I started to read everything that I could. And, you know, given the title, this was the first, like one of the first things that I picked up. And I thought it would be helpful to just go through it give you my takeaways from it, the actionable takeaways that fits within the diet and things that we believe here at Eczema Kids and with pharmaceutical-free solutions and all things that you can do at home. So this book, I would recommend having it on your bookshelf. There's a lot of concepts that she recommends that I hadn't really thought about before. The first being the concept of natural food chemicals. We know to avoid artificial food chemicals like food coloring and nitrates and MSG, but there were some like salicylates and natural MSG and natural sulfites and histamine that I hadn't really considered when I was first creating our eczema diet. So if you have a long-standing case and you've been doing a whole foods, properly prepared diet for a long time and you're still just not getting those type of results, this is something to, to definitely look into. So I'm going to go through these natural food chemicals, let you know a few things that you can do to help mitigate the effects of them and then also where you can find them in foods. Salicylates, so Karen Fisher touts them as an eczema sufferer's worst enemy. They're kind of everywhere. They're in a lot of healthy foods. They're in blueberries and herbs and nuts and teas and a lot of spices and then wine and coffee as well. You can 
help your liver process salicylates with the supplements glycine, magnesium, and B6. So it is in a lot of healthy foods. Again, this is a really hard one to avoid, but it might be something to look into if you're having if you're having a lot of troubles and you've already made a lot of adjustments to your diet and your living environment and not seeing the results. Nitrates is another one that you want to avoid. Those are in deli meats and sausages. You know, the traditional American sandwich just doesn't work for our little eczema sufferers, which is too bad because how convenient is that? But it's just not, it's not the right food for them. So we don't purchase deli meat anymore. Uh, Food coloring, of course, avoid that. And it's pretty easy to do that. But sometimes they hide it into health foods, quote unquote, in yogurt things like that. So just be mindful of food coloring. Sulfates is another one that you definitely need to avoid. That's used to preserve wine, deli meat, dried fruit, and vegetables. That's the main reason that you want to avoid dried fruit. Uh, It's also highly available in vinegar. And if you are really sulfite sensitive, like it's easy for you to know if you drink a glass of wine and you're really, really flush afterwards. And I guess if you have a, an immediate reaction in your kid after a certain food, it, you could kind of identify this. But if you are highly reactive, then you might also be really, really reactive to sulfur-rich garlic and onions as well, which we avoid here anyway, or we at least eat them in moderation, but something to look out for. MSG is another one. I thought it was just artificial MSG that was an issue or even available, but It's also naturally present in tomatoes. Another reason to also avoid tomatoes. Histamine is a big one. A lot of eczema sufferers' livers are just a ball of histamine and have a hard time processing it. It's naturally present in a lot of foods and then the longer that things have been sitting in the fridge after being cooked, they get higher and higher in histamine. You can take natural antihistamines like vitamin C, B6, and quercetin. Quercetin is bioavailable in grapes and onions. One of my daughters used to take quercetin daily, and that did really help. It was by Springboard, which is the kid's arm of orthomolecular products, and it's called Dehist, and it's a chewable, so toddlers can take it and taste it good enough for her to eat it. And then it also had bromelain in it, which is present in pineapple. It's a digestive enzyme. Uh, Karen also points out that candida is likely a problem, and that that is certainly true. So anything with sugar, you'd want to look out for and not overdo the fruits. And then intestinal permeability is likely an issue as well. And we know that we know that too. Gut dysbiosis is probably an issue for your little eczema kid. And You can help mitigate that with magnesium, probiotics, glutamine, B vitamins, and vitamin E. So I'm going to list out the top 20 eczema healthy foods that Karen lists in her her book. And she has these listed because they're low in natural food chemicals and they supply a lot of valuable nutrients to help decrease inflammation and promote skin repair. So she says her top 20 foods are bananas, papaya, beef or chicken broth, potatoes, buckwheat, mung bean sprouts, oats, 
flax seeds, Brussels sprouts, green onions, fish, beets, soy lecithin granules, rice bran oil, rice malt syrup, non-dairy milks, uh, specifically, she says, soy, rice, and oat milk, grains, animal protein, legumes, and sea salt. So this is a good list. You know, she says that the only fruits that you can have are bananas, papaya, and pear because of the food chemicals. So that that's a little limiting and, and tough. The beef and chicken broth, great, as long as it was prepared semi-recently. Potatoes, you know, that's nice to have available for your kids. Mung bean sprouts, I would love it if my kids would eat more mung bean sprouts. That's a tough sell for me but we will keep working on that because they are really highly alkalizing. Oats we avoid here because my oldest is allergic to oats and they also really spike your blood sugar. You know, with everything, there's, there's pluses and minuses and you just have to weigh that out for yourself. Flax seeds I try to incorporate in all my baked goods. I put them in as an egg replacement and then I try and work them in smoothies. Brussels sprouts, we eat a ton of here. And green onion, it's spring and those are naturally available. I don't know how much green onion really gets in my kids, but that's a good one to have. Fish is great, but it can't be smoked. That would put it really high in food chemicals. Beets, great, another one. A little tough for me to get in my kids. Soy lecithin granules, I would not give my kids. I don't give my kids. She has her own reasons, and you could definitely read about it in her book. Rice bran oil and rice malt syrup, a little challenging to find, and she says don't even use any other cooking oils besides rice bran oil. And I have my doubts about that, because I believe the health benefits of coconut oil and olive oil and ghee are all worthwhile and, and worth including in an eczema kid's diet. The non-dairy milks is great, and I think rice milk is a really good choice. I would avoid soy and oat milk in your eczema kid's diet. Grains in general are great because they're sweet and soothing and have a lot of B vitamins and fiber, so those are really helpful in your eczema kid's diet. Animal protein, definitely. And legumes is another great option for them, and sea salt definitely helps them get those essential minerals that they need, especially if you've got a reverse osmosis water filter installed, you need to get in the sea salt. And then I'm going to list, you know, what she says no to. So she says no to dairy, pork and deli meats, eggs, anything smoked, most fruit, except for bananas, pear and papaya, tomatoes, dark leafy greens, onions, most herbs, avocado, dried fruit, any nuts except for cashews, vinegar, the cooking oils except for rice bran oil, sweeteners except for the rice malt syrup, tea, and and of course anything processed sweets. You know, I mostly agree with this list. Dark leafy greens, they're just high in, I think they're high in salicylates, and that's why she avoids them. So this wouldn't be hard to avoid in my kid's diet if you if you really did need to take those out. But I try and get those in, you know, otherwise 
pretty much everything were aligned. Avocado is another one. It's high in histamine, I believe, and my kids eat a good amount of avocado and those fats, I believe, are good for them. Cashews. Cashews are a part of the same family as poison ivy. I feel like it's probably the most reactive tree nut that there is, but if it works for you guys and you soak them and it's properly prepared, I'm sure that works for you. And otherwise, the sweeteners, you know, we use maple syrup when we're baking things and then honey if it's not going to be baked. Honey has a good amount of natural food chemicals, so it is another thing worth looking into if you're if you're going to go down that route. And then of course if candida is a a real issue for you then you're going to want to avoid all those sweeteners anyway. So the supplements that she recommends, I'm going to give you just another list. She says vitamin C, glycine, B6, magnesium, vitamin E, biotin, zinc, calcium, alpha lipotic acid, quercetin, D3, chromium, omega-3s, probiotics, and vitamin K. So that's a pretty exhaustive list, but she's got a supplement brand called Skin Friend, and it's two different powders, an AM and a PM blend. And the AM has most of those supplements included in it. I own these supplements. I haven't been able to long-term give it to any of my eczema sufferers because I feel like when you put powdered supplements into food and you're more invested in them eating it, (laughs) the less likely that they're going to eat it. And then you end up having some really, really expensive applesauce or what have you and goes to waste. So I kind of stopped doing that. I do work it into smoothies every once in a while. Another way to do powdered supplements is you can mix it just in water and give it to them with a syringe, which will work if your kid is is young, one or two, or maybe even younger. She also has this really helpful chart that lists a lot of foods, and if you notice you have a reaction to a particular food, like say artichoke perhaps, then you could see that it has really high salicylates and you could possibly rule out other foods that also have high salicylates to help clear your child's skin. So that is super helpful. My rub with this book is it was really stressful for me when I first encountered eczema in my home. There's so many forbidden foods and a lot of them don't make sense. And a lot of them are vegetables. And then rice bran oil and rice malt syrup, they're a little fun to find and interesting tasting. And then I made some things with like spelt flour she recommends and my kids just would not eat it. However, this might be for you if you really have tried everything and it's most importantly a whole foods, properly prepared diet, like the one we've laid out in previous episodes and you haven't seen any movement in your child's eczema condition or very little, then this this might really resonate with you and you might sincerely have a a really strong food chemical issue. So all in all, you should definitely have this book on hand and she has a lot of really helpful insights and just scientific data that that can help you and you can understand why some of these foods might be causing some suffering. And it's another one that's like worth rereading cuz you would likely miss some things 
during your first pass through and it is really dense which i appreciate it's not fluffy it's got a lot of good information so i hope that helps again highly recommend it but you can at least have an idea what's it about and know if this is for you hopefully by our little synopsis here and if you do need some extra help I offer one-on-one eczema elimination sessions and I would love to work with you. I'll meet you where you're at and we can work out a solution for your little eczema kid. Just email me at support at eczemakids.com and we'll get you on the books. Take care, Mama. You're doing great. Hey friend, if today's episode helped you in any way, would you leave me a review in Apple Podcasts? Neither of us have time for social media, so this is the best way to help other parents find this podcast and heal their kids. Thanks for your contribution towards ending childhood eczema.